morning and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If this is your first time with us, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time out this morning and being with us. We are just excited that you want to join us in a time of praise and worship, hearing from the Bible, presenting the Word of God by our pastor, Pastor Bill Bossert. And we're just excited that you've chosen to spend your Saturday morning with us. So while you're here, if it's your first time, definitely we want to be able to connect with you. So we're going to make a comment below asking if it's your first time, like this comment. Go ahead and just press that button like, and one of our um, administrative staff is going to reach out to you and welcome you with us this morning. We'd like to know where you're joining us from, so if you want to comment down below. And if you're with us this morning, you can always share this to your page or start a watch party on Facebook so that your friends and family might be able to join in with us as well. We're gonna have just a few minutes here of praise and worship time together. Um, we're gonna have some time of prayer where we come together and pray over our needs. There's so many needs in the world right now that we know that God hears every single prayer. So we wanna understand your prayer request. If you have something specific that you need us to pray over, we're gonna spend some time in prayer together as well. And so if you wanna start putting those prayer requests down below, we invite you to do so. If you have a silent prayer request, you can always just use those prayer emojis and let us know that you have something silently you want us to pray over. And again, one of our leadership team is gonna reach out to you specifically and just pray over you and pray over your concerns. We don't need details and information. We just want you to know that you're not in this alone. We're here together for you and with you. We're all going through this. For the first time, none of us have ever dealt with anything like this before, so we're all going through this for the very first time, but we're not going through this alone. Not only is God always with us, thank you Jesus for always being with us, but we are also here to take these next steps of uncertainty and walk them with you. I wanna take a time out and say thank you to all of those that are continuing to support the mission here at the Naples Seventh-day Adventist Church. Your giving is so appreciated. Your Faithful giving is what is allowing us to reach the masses each and every week, to put on daily messages of inspiration, to be able to utilize software that we've never used before. We are just advancing the mission and advancing the message like we've never had an opportunity before. And it's because of your faithful giving that's allowing us to do that. So thank you so much for taking the time and making that something of your weekly and routine to support this mission. If you haven't had an opportunity to give yet or don't really understand how you can give, I'm gonna put a link below and I wanna show you this quick message. Giving to your local church should be easy. And with Tidely, it is. Just download the app and securely register your credit or debit card. You're done. Now you can give during church services or anywhere else. Use Tidely to give a one-time gift or set up recurring donations. It's that simple. It's fast, secure, and easy to use. Tidely, the simplest way to give to your local church. See how quick and easy that is? 30 seconds, and it was explaining exactly how you can give. Now, if you need more information or if you don't feel comfortable um, giving through an app, which I completely understand, we also offer you to mail in any of your tithes and offerings. And I'll put in the website below the information that you can get so that you know where to securely mail that. But thank you in advance for continuing to support this mission. If you have questions regarding um, your tithe and your offerings, always feel feel free to reach out to us. We will answer any questions that you have regarding how your money is used and what it goes towards. Even though we're not meeting together right now in our building, our ministry is still working very, very hard to get the God's message through to the masses. So we're just thankful that we have those wonderful people that are continuing to provide and meet our needs. I'm not gonna take up any more of your time. I just wanted to bring you a quick hello. I miss everyone so much. I don't know when we're gonna get together. I wish I had an answer for that. I'm not sure when we're going to get together again, but I'm so glad that we can come together through this meeting and be able to worship together, be able to pray together, and spend this time just saying hello and reconnecting and finding out how your week has been. So tell us about your week. Comment down below. Let us know how you're dealing with it. Are you dealing with it? Is it getting to be a little bit too much? 
because I think sometime this week it might have been a little bit too much for some of us. Um, so just know that you're not alone in that and that we're here for you. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to the praise team. We're going to sing a little bit, pray a little bit, and then listen to the word of God. I'll see you after service. Have a wonderful day and God bless you. Bye now.
And now it's our time for prayer together. And I hope that you enter into prayer with, with me as I pray. Uh, you certainly can. And if you haven't gotten into that practice, it's a good thing to do is for you to pray while someone else is praying. And the Lord hears our prayers, and you could add to it and make it personal for you. And so I hope you do that. And uh, I appreciate that you would, and you can pray for me, and you can pray for our ministry here, and pray for those around you that I don't know, and uh, beyond this, and the Lord, the Lord loves to hear us taught it because it gives him the action and the permission to tell the devil, we are praying for that, and so the Lord can act. It's a beautiful thing. Prayer is, is an important part of your spiritual life in Christ Jesus. So there's gonna be a spot at the, at the bottom of our uh, broadcast here, and if you want to put in your prayer request or whatever, we're gonna have people who are here who will, um, who will be able to answer, they'll be online and they'll be able to answer or take your prayer requests and pray with you, or they can pray uh, for you later. Uh, but please feel free to add those if you wish at the bottom. Make your comments. We, we enjoy hearing from you. And in, in doing so, we expand our prayer circle. And that's great. So we want to remember today that the world is in turmoil. There are a lot of people that are out of work. There are a lot of people who are ill. Uh, this pandemic is still going on, but it is easing in some areas. So we want to pray for that, but we also want to pray for you and for your spiritual life and for your personal life and the struggles that you may be going through. So let's do that now. You can just, just pray with me silently wherever you are. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you hear our prayers, all of us, as we pray together. And no matter where we are, you hear and you answer in your way and in your time. We glorify you for being the great God who can answer prayer, who can hear our prayers, but can do something about it and not just be silent. You know what's going on in our world far better than any of us could ever guess or ever see. We watch the news, we see the reports, we know of people that are out of work, we know of people that are in need. Help us to recognize those needs and if it comes the opportunity we could help them, Lord, open that door for us. Help us to see that no matter where we are. We just, we just are going to look at the story of Peter in the Bible. And it is a part of her forgiveness. So we ask for forgiveness of our sins, Lord. We ask that we may be made whole before you. And we treasure that you do that. And that we can be made your children clean again. And we thank you for extending to us eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. We look at the world around us. We pray for those that are on the front line that are fighting and trying to control this pandemic. And for those that are in other needs around us, Lord, we pray for them. And I pray for everyone who's listening, everyone who's following along for their needs, for what's going on in their heart, in their lives. I can't possibly know, but you do know. So be with them in whatever form they need. Protect them, guide them. If our decisions are coming their way, help them to follow you and to listen to your voice. For you are interested in their affairs and what happens. So Lord, be with us. We lay this all at your feet. The best place to put it is with you. We ask these things in our precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Good morning. I'm so glad you could join us today and be with us here. Uh, even though this, uh, this pandemic is going on and you're having to watch at home or wherever you may be, we're delighted that you could be with us. And uh, would you just take a moment and if uh, you can, share this with others that others might be able to join in. Uh, perhaps they need to, to connect with someone. Maybe they'd like to spend a few minutes here uh, sharing. And so uh, if you have a few moments, just click. If you're watching this on a platform that will do that, 
Invite some of your friends to come and join. We would love to have them and perhaps it would be helpful for them. So please do that. Take some time to do that. All right, this week, this week, breakfast on the beach. I thought, well, since the beaches are closed, this might be a story that might fit well with that. But I understand some of the beaches are opening. The ones near me have not opened here in Naples. And so people are still staying off the beaches being safe. But I hope you're all well and doing well. But breakfast on the beach. Last week, last week we worked with the uh, title of Doubting Thomas, working on that, dealing with Thomas. And that story about Thomas is an incredible story that, that as a child and as a young man, as I grew up, how much I appreciated what that meant. Well, let, let Thomas just share that with you here. It's hard to be judged for one mistake, but it's what I'll be remembered for, I guess. I wasn't always the doubter. That's not who I am. I have a zeal for Jesus. I always have. When Lazarus died, no one wanted to return to Bethany with Jesus. The atmosphere there was volatile and dangerous. Jesus said he'd show us his glory. I assumed we'd all die there. Still, I'm the one who said, let's go. But then, then came this room. At the time, none of us understood as we sat at that table. This is my body. This is my blood. He raised the dead. He, he cast out demons even. What could he possibly mean? I didn't doubt it when they told me he was dead. But how can you not doubt someone coming back to life? Some didn't doubt. But for me, it was harder. Maybe it was just that I didn't want to be disappointed. Many came after me who believed without seeing what I saw. Jesus called them blessed. Yes, I touched the place of the nails, the hole in his side, such definitive proof that I cried out, my Lord, my God. But that wasn't the only amazing thing. The Almighty One, he came back for me. He didn't want to leave me behind in my out. He says, I'm worth that. And I'll follow him anywhere for the rest of my life. So that important phrase where he said in his Bible, where he said, and we read that, my God, uh, my Lord and my God, that, that phrasing that he used as he looked at Jesus and realized he was actually not seeing a ghost, that he was looking at the living Lord who was standing from and had the holes in his hands and in his side and in his feet. And as he could look at that, he could see the truth of that. It's a powerful, powerful passage. And it brings the uh, conclusion that the story that John is telling in the gospel to a conclusion right there at the beginning, right there in chapter 20. We read that. And then John shares with us what his purpose about it is. And he said that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
That whole phrasing, that whole little bit, right at the end of chapter 20, we would say that is the explanation of the purpose of John's gospel. From the very first chapter, the very first few verses, right up to this point at the end of chapter 20. There's a unit that shares with who Jesus is and the stories that go around supporting that he is the Son of God and that he is living and back in heaven with us. It's the whole thing is such a beautiful way that that story is told in the book of John. But is that the end of the book of John? Well, in actual fact, that purpose was laid out for us in chapter 20. That was kind of what people and scholars, biblical scholars say, that was the end. That was the last verse, was right there in verse 31. But there's chapter 30, uh, chapter 21 here in John. One more chapter that's been added on. Who added that on? We do not know. We don't know if John came back and added that on, which is possible. We don't know if someone else did, one of the other apostles. But it's someone who was close enough that they experienced what happened and what took place. So this morning, there's a little bit of unfinished business that needs to be taken care of. So let's look into chapter 21. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. The very end of the Gospel of John. And there is this little story that's been added. And it's an important part. So we'll begin with verse 1. If you have your Bible, chapter uh, John 21. And we'll begin at the very first verse as we look at this. And afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And that happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus. That was the one who was doubting. Nathaniel from Canaan, remember the Lord, he came and said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? This is the Nathaniel, the same one. And so he was Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee. The sons of Zebedee, which were James and John, the two brothers, and two other disciples were there together with them. And verse three goes on and said, uh, I'm going to go fishing, Simon Peter told them. And he said to them, we will go with you. So that they went out and got into their boats, but at night they caught nothing. What? They went back to fishing? Now, this is most fascinating because Jesus told them, no, 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 you're gonna be fishers of men. And he told them to go and wait in Jerusalem, basically in the upper room. But they had gone and said, oh, they had seen the Lord. They had forgot all about that. Peter maybe had been bored. And so he decided to go north. He left Jerusalem, went back onto Lake Galilee. Out of, I've been on that lake. I've seen, they still fish that lake today. In fact, there's a fish there called St. Peter's fish. And as tradition, if you go there, you have to have some St. Peter's fish. Well, they were back fishing on Lake Galilee. They were back there. And what happened as they were going along, they fished all night and they didn't catch anything. And as they were going, Jesus came and was walking along the shoreline. It must have been really early in the morning, just as dawn was coming up and he yelled out to them, friends, do you have any fish? And they replied back, no, no, we don't have any fish. And so if you know the story, Jesus said, well, cast your nets on the right side of the boat, which was on the shore side of the boat, which you didn't do. Experienced fishermen would not do that, but they did it. They cast it, might as well. They put their nets back, and their nets were full of fish, and they were pulled in. The Bible says that it did not fill the nets, but it did not break the nets. As they pulled in all this catch of fish, and then... The Bible says, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John, who wrote the Gospel of John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, it is the Lord, he, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off for fishing, and he jumped into the water, and he went to shore. They were that close to the shoreline. Well, this is an interesting moment on the shore, and Jesus there, and the Bible says that Jesus cooked them breakfast. 
Now, I think that's rather interesting that Jesus would prepare breakfast. He had him bring some of the fish, and, and he prepared the meal for them, and he had made some, cooked some uh, uh, flour and made some bread, and they were eating breakfast there together on the beach. That would be quite an experience. Jesus was seven of the other disciples. They were there. Thomas was there. Peter was there. Now, verse 14 says, now, now this was the third time that Jesus had appeared to his disciples. And after he um, had been raised from the dead. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He was referring to the other disciples that were sitting there, the other six. Do you love me more than these? Now, unfortunately, in the English, we don't get exactly what that was about. Because in the Greek, what it shares with us, that Jesus used the word for love there, was agape. It's the highest form of love in the Greek language. It was, it's usually reserved for the love for God. And so... He's asking, do you agape, do you love me at that depth, that highest form of love? More than the rest of these disciples that are sitting here. Well, we need to step back just a bit. And uh, if we go back to chapter 13, we find that Jesus was in the upper room. It was the Last Supper. Judas had already dipped in and, and dipped his bread in, and he had already left to do his dastardly deed of betraying Jesus. And while they were gone, Jesus explained to them that what was going to happen to him. And Peter, Peter said, oh, I will not let that happen. I will lay down my life for you, Peter said. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus responding, will you lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Well, if you know the story of what happened, and I've been to this place where this actually happened, where Caiaphas' place, there was jail there, Jesus was taken there. Outside in the courtyard, it's still there. You can still see it in Jerusalem today. And while he was out there that night, and it was dark, and he was out there, people came up and said, well, aren't you one of them? And, and we find that Peter swears that he did not know the Lord. Did not know the Lord. And we find that terrible story in John 18, 15 to 27, where he went and he denied the Lord. You can read the story there yourself. Now, this is just a few chapters. It was kind of the unfinished business. And the Bible says in verse 27, and again, Peter denied it. And at the moment, a rooster began to crow. All right, back to John 21 and verse 15. We're going to look on there and follow that. And so he responded, and he responded to him. And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. But when he responded with that, when he shared this with him, the word love, he didn't use agape love. He used philo. Philo means I love you as a friend. I love you as a friend. Jesus said, do you love me at the higher level of this agape love? And Peter came back and said, I love you as a friend. A friend would not betray. So Jesus said, well, feed my lambs. We don't know how much time went on, but then in verse 16, again, Jesus said to Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Again, he used that agape word for love, that higher love. Do you love me? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Philo, I love you as a friend. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And then a third time he said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Only this time, Jesus did not use the word agape. He used the word Philo, do you love me as a friend? A friend does not betray a friend. Now all the disciples, the other, the other six that were sitting there, knew exactly what was going on. 
It had to be absolutely dead quiet while this was going. And because all the disciples knew that Peter had denied the Lord three times. And now Jesus was asking him three times if he loved him. And the whole mood of that moment, as Jesus was addressing this issue of what Peter had done, he was asking if he loved him, but he, he didn't accuse him, oh, you deny me, what kind of thing? He just asked him if you loved him. And now Peter, as he hears this third time, but now Jesus says, do you love me as a friend? There was a change there. The change in his language as he addressed Peter with us. And the Bible says Peter was hurt because of this. That Jesus had asked him a third time, do you love me? And now Peter responds, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Peter responded with it. Halo again, I love you, and you know, you can read my heart. You know what's going on, and you know, you know what's going on in my life. How sorrowful I was, how sorry I am, how I regret that I denied you, how painful that has been for me, that I've had to live with my own actions. And Jesus could read the heart of Peter. And he said to him a third time, now, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Now, I don't know how, if you have it in your Bible, but I have it in mine. At this particular point, right, right there in the Bible, there's this heading that says, Jesus reinstates Peter. Jesus reinstates Peter. Right there in bold print for this section of John 21. He reinstates him. You see, if he had not reinstated him, none of the disciples would have trusted Peter again. They never would have let him back in. Peter paid a heavy price. Peter carried that. In fact, we know from the intertestament writing, I mean, writing after the closing, that, that when Peter would go and speak at different places, other people were called Peter, but when Peter come, he wore a label, and they would say, well, it's Peter, you know, the one who denied the Lord. Well, who's our speaker today? Well, our, we're having a disciple, you know, Peter, the one who denied the Lord. He wore that like a, like a label on his back. But Jesus, Jesus looked beyond, looked beyond the label, and he looked at Jesus, uh, Peter's heart. And as he looked at Peter's heart, he could see he truly was repentant and sorry. And he told the Lord, I love you. And you know, it was a humbling, humiliating moment for Peter. But that experience changed him. He would never be the same after that moment. His life, he was no longer the boastful, the proud, the one who always wrote. Peter was one who became a true servant of Christ. Because that experience of denying, of going through confession and repenting and being forgiven changed his life. It restored Peter. But Jesus went on and said very Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, Peter, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you'll be stretched out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Peter was crucified. He asked to be crucified upside down so he would not be in the same as the Lord. But he was crucified for his Lord. His, his hands indeed were stretched out. And he did give his life as a martyr for Christ. It's a powerful story. There was no denial of Jesus later in his life. He said, yes, I am a follower. 
as many of those who followed after. Well then, well then Jesus went on and he said to him, after that, he said to them, now follow me, follow me. Now all those disciples that were sitting there, watching what had happened, they had remained faithful, they had denied the Lord. Of course they probably were hidden, no one asked them. But in any fashion, they had held that against Peter. So I, I'm going to put some words in their mouth, but it seems to be accurate of what actually took place in that if Jesus forgave Peter, shouldn't we forgive him? Well, when Jesus restored Peter to the disciples, he became an incredible missionary and apostle for Christ. And you can read about his story in the book of Acts, the imprisonment, the beatings, how he died. It's all right there. But they appointed James to be the leader. There still was a hesitancy about Peter. But Peter went on anyway. The youth instructor years ago said, he followed his Lord. Indeed, the Lord he had uh, denied the thought that Christ had not uh, denied him and had rejected him was to Peter a light and a comfort and a blessing for Peter the reality was that he was forgiven that he had been forgiven I want to suggest to you something that I think is really important. And that is that when Jesus forgives, it's more than when we forgive, or even forgive ourselves, because we can forgive ourselves, but I just can't remember. I remember it's always there, but I am trying to forgive myself. Or someone else says, well, you know, I forgive you, but they bring it up later, which they really haven't forgiven you. But when Jesus forgives, when the Lord forgives us, when he forgave Peter, when he did that, what he did was that when he forgave him, he said, our sins are forgotten. They are, you're made white as snow. They are, they're thrown into the depths of the sea, the Bible says. So our sins are taken away. And as if, it is as if we were restored back to where we were before we sinned, as if it had never happened never happened so when Jesus forgives it is deeply significant that it's completely gone completely gone and the reason I think that Peter the reason I think that Peter was so touched and so deeply moved was because he re realized the pain of his denial that caused Jesus. And as a result, as a result of that, he, he loved the Lord even more. That he knew the Lord forgave him. It was a terrible sin, but the Lord forgave him. There's a story in all the gospels that talks about Mary as she came and washed the feet of Jesus in Simon's home. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the story and how she came in and she broke open the, the alabaster box and the perfume came and she, she wiped Jesus' face, I mean his feet with her hair. And as Jesus was looking and seeing this, she was, she was criticized for that. Remember that? Well, there's a, there's a little statement right at the end that happens to be in the book of Luke. As he tells the story in verse 47, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth a little. Peter loved the Lord because he realized how much Jesus had forgiven him. And then Jesus was restoring him. 
And he responded to him and became a servant to him because of the great love that he saw Jesus giving to him. I want to ask you, no matter what your life may be, and I, and I can identify as someone who, who sought forgiveness of God for, for things that I have done, things that I, that I regret, I don't share with anyone, but the Lord knew and that he forgave me. And it brought with me a great love for him. Just like Peter. That love him with agape love, but I also love him with fear love as my friend. And when that experience happens in the life, there is a release, a freedom that comes. There's a freedom that comes from the guilt that you know that you are loved in spite of what you've done. That you could be forgiven and Jesus looks you as pure as if you had never done it. And welcomes you back and restores you. It is the great gift of God when we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Being cleansed is incredible. And it's freeing. No wonder those that have had that experience say, well, I'm free at last, free at last. Praise God Almighty, I'm free at last, as we've come from the, from the slaves that came. But it's also true in God. Free at last, praise God Almighty, I am free at last from the guilt and the burden. Just as Peter was forgiven. This powerful story that comes out of the last chapter in the book of John. Added on after Thomas is a powerful statement to me, I hope to you. That we who, who may have doubted have been caught in sin, have found a way of escape through Jesus. And just as Peter was forgiven for that great sin of denying the Lord, he forgives us. There's no sin that God cannot forgive. Did you get that? No sin that God cannot forgive. So I think you should look into your own life. Are you carrying something that you shouldn't? Are you carrying a sin or a regret that you need to let go? He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will restore you into his household. Praise God Almighty for doing that. And you can be free at last. I can be free at last. Dear Lord, I thank you for this incredibly powerful, powerful story of your forgiveness, that, that action that you took on the seashore at that breakfast where Peter was confronted by your love. He, it was a humbling moment, but he was repentant. And he shared that he loved you as his friend. I thank you for being our God, our Savior. But I thank you for being our friend. And that you love us as your friend. May we experience that in your name. Amen. God's grace.
What a wonderful message and reminder that Pastor Bill provided today, wasn't it? Don't we all need to understand that when God forgives, He not only forgives, but He washes it away like it never even happened. And sometimes it is so hard. Sometimes I think I personally have forgiven but not forgotten. And is that really forgiving? If we follow Christ's example of what forgiving means, then it means that it is not only forgiven, but it acts as though it's never even happened. It's a clean slate, it's a fresh start. What an amazing thing to ponder this weekend as we finish out Saturday together and as we finish out our time together. I hope you were blessed by the message. I hope that you enjoyed worshiping with us. If you did, give us a big high five, give us a big praise hands. Let us know what your best part of the service was. Comment down below. We'd love to hear more from you. We want that engagement. We want to know how to make this service more direct, more better for you how we can improve on this service. If there's aspects of service that you'd like to see more of, let us know that. We are here to provide and meet your needs, so we want you to let us know how we can best do that with our current situation. We can't wait to come together again we, until next week. We can't wait, oh my goodness, until we are all back together in our church building. But until then, know that we're here for you. Know that God is always there for you. Take this message to heart. Let it, let it speak to you throughout the week. And if you have those things in your life that you've forgiven but not forgotten, maybe take a few moments and let them completely go so that you can start moving forward and follow that example that Christ has given us in forgiving and completely taking it out of your life. So God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a blessed week. Be a blessing to others and let God people know that God is with you and we are going to get through this together. We will be victorious in this situation. God bless y'all. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.